Welcome into Chicago's College Tailgate Conference Preview Podcast. Today it is Big 12 Day on the show. Football is in the air. It is that much closer now, Shay, as NFL preseason is getting rolling. You and I are continuing to count down as we inch closer and closer to college football in week zero, getting fired up right around the corner. Um, we'll get into the Big 12 in just a second, but we do have a ton of stuff going on around the world of college football and, and just really college sports in general and it starts and ends with realignment what is going on right now yeah. we've got the arizona schools on the move washington's on the move we've got some of the california schools that are looking to to get out as well some things are hitting roadblocks right now but everything right now that is going on with college sports and realignment i know this is something that you are particularly fired up about because you are a man of tradition, Shay Norling, and this is really grinding your gears. You know what? It's not grinding my gears so much because I'm kind of like I get that the battle for tradition's dead. What's irritating me, Tyler, is we're now left with nonsense. Like the Pac-12 dissolved. Since we last did this podcast, the Pac-12 became the Pac-4, and it probably is just toast. The ACC, apparently the fact that it's the Atlantic Coast Conference no longer means anything because they want to add Stanford and Cal. I don't know if you've looked at a map. Stanford and Cal are on the Pacific Coast. It makes it kind of difficult for me to put them in the Atlantic Coast Conference. It doesn't work. A Big Ten with 18 teams, it doesn't work. Like, it, it just the idea that we're going to hold on to parts of tradition for reasons, like hashtag stuff, is why we're going to hold on to some of this. But you're very clearly making monetary decisions that are all football-based. The news that I was reading earlier today, the number one school that's pushing for Stanford and Cal to join the ACC, Notre Dame. Newsflash, Notre Dame is not in the ACC. For football. For football. Like, why? Right. They're full member, every other athletic, but football independent. And they're the ones that are pushing Stanford Cal to join the ACC. This isn't a college basketball thing. Like, Notre Dame's not doing this for academic reasons. As much as they might tell you that they are, let's upgrade, level up the academic level of the ACC. No, they don't give a shit. Like, they're not doing it for academic reasons. They're not doing it for women's volleyball. They're not doing it for golf. Like, th this is a football decision from a school that isn't in the conference for football. That is where I start to have an issue with what's it, going it's on. It's so crazy. Like, and just kind of tracking it and everything is just – now you just saw over the course of, what, 48 hours, the Pac-12 disintegrate, like off, just get blasted yeah. off the face of the earth because let me tell you, a conference of Cal, Oregon State, Stanford, and Washington State, not a lot of needle movers there, right? Like th that would be – Again, you're just going to continue to see these teams get picked off here and there. They tried to go to the Mountain West, it looked like, for a little bit of a life raft. That didn't end up happening. It's a joke of what's happened. But I'll be honest, I don't care really that we're losing the Pac-12. In fact, I think it actually, much to the chagrin of people like Bill Walton, I think it actually might be a good thing. Like, the Pac-12 has become this forgotten conference in the landscape of college sports, despite the fact that they have had some relevant teams. And now I think by putting them into the ecosystem of the rest of the nation and put them on more of an East Coast and Midwest basis, 
you will see them get pumped up a little bit more. I think it's going to be better for the branding overall of the schools. I think it's going to be better overall for the branding of, of college sports yeah. in general. But here's the problem. It's going to be good for football. It'll probably be okay for college basketball. 90% of student athletes don't play those sports. Like this is where, and I saw Chip Kelly saying, it's cool for us. We play a game a week. UCLA can go to Rutgers and play a football game on a Saturday. We'll fly over on Wednesday, do all of our prep, and we'll play a football game Saturday. But you can't, like the UCLA volleyball team can't go to Rutgers on Tuesday and then they've got a match against USC on Thursday. It's not going to work. Like, it, it works for football. It doesn't work for other sports. And I think that's where Chip Kelly then offers up this idea, and it's one that I've been mulling as we've, like, tossed tradition out the window. College football, parachute a commissioner of college football into the sport and just detach it from the NCAA. And then you and I, who are both college basketball people as well, can hang on to what that sport is instead of losing all of it for football reasons. And it doesn't impact the rest of college athletics. Like, it doesn't make sense for smaller sports to be destroyed because the football conferences want to make more money. It just doesn't make sense. But I don't know if it necessarily destroys some of these smaller sports. Like, I think there's still a way... And like the Pac-12 has abided by it for years now where everything is regionalized in terms of your travel. So you regionalize your travel to these uh, when you're making your schedules out. You regionalize travel that way. So, all right, in the Big Big Ten, all right, let's say Purdue Volleyball is taking on uh, the Californias, all right? You go out to California on Wednesday for your match or you go out to California on Friday for your match and then you go and play uh, UCLA after you play USC on Friday, you play UCLA on Sunday or you play UCLA on Saturday. Like that's how even like volleyball, like that's kind of how the schedule is built out. Like I've worked in, in the big East doing some volleyball stuff before. And it's like, all right, Creighton's going to come up and play DePaul. And then they're going to go play Marquette because their the proximity works out. And so many, two sure. of these other sports have these tournaments, these based tournaments that are regionalized to the air, so you'll go out and, and fly somewhere for five or six days, and you're just going to play a bunch of different teams in that area, or you're going to agree upon a landing spot and play five or six games on a neutral site. Like, I think it's, it's really not as but, big of a hit. But these are still, like, these conferences weren't as geographically detached as the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, where, like, that might work for Michigan. You can go do all your four games in this one set week and get them done. But what's Oregon going to do? Go to the East Coast for eight straight games? Like, for certain sports, I just don't see a world where this actually makes sense for things other than football. And then in terms of just the football, what are we doing when we have an 18-team Big Ten and, like, a 14-team Big 12 and then the SEC and their exclusivity? And, the like, you have all these unbalanced conferences. So I, I've been also going over this idea that college football just, even if they don't detach, you're going to have to admit to yourself that you're creating the NFL. Like, we see where this is yeah. going. You're going to have system. the SEC and the Big Ten dominate, and you're going to have to set up something. So, like, why not just grab the top 48 teams or the top, whatever, 60 teams and go with four 
15-team divisions instead of this ridiculous idea of unbalanced conferences, geography that makes no sense. And we can just say, here's the 48 teams or the 60 teams or whatever that are going to be playoff eligible every year. You're going to play in this mega college football conference. Everybody else, you're basically FBS 1A. I, I think that would be cool with one stipulation. I think that would be cool if you almost turned it into a relegation type system too. Because like, all right, the top X number of teams, let's say 50 teams for the sake of a round number here. The top 50 teams, you're all eligible. But the other 80 teams that are still right now at FBS status, you can work your way into that top 50. I would love to see that. I think that would sure. be really cool to have a relegation type system. Now, it may be a little bit tougher in college to build that because of the fact that, all right, you've got guys that are only staying four years. If you have the choice between going to an FBS school or an FBS one school, like it, recruiting would maybe get a little bit murkied in that regard. And television would also create a, a little bit of a, you'd have a haves and haves nots of it in, in terms of financing. Sure. But that's do what the NFL did and just to say the TV networks get to create this and because you're all in on the money like they're doing this for the TV deals they're doing this for the TV networks so just hand it over to them instead of this weird power struggle between conferences just go here Fox, ESPN, CBS, NBC you guys take care of this you run it put it all together we'll give you the halves of our sport and you figure it out Schedule it. Do what you got to do. It's the same way they approach the NFL. You piecemeal the AFC, hand it to CBS. You give the NFC to Fox. You guys figure it out, and we'll just take care of it. Do that with college. If this is the route that you want to go, instead of fake holding on to tradition, go all in, and then go with a 16-team playoff and get crazy. But like this, this idea that we're going to hold on to a sport that's clearly just not what it ever has been starting in 2024 like this is the last semi-normal year of college football that we're gonna have you gotta at some point just go we're all in on traditions out the window we're gonna prioritize money we're gonna create the nfl on saturdays and just do it like i don't want to have this half pregnant situation where if nobody can decide what you want to be just give it to the tv networks and let them figure quite it frankly out. i like it like I like it because I think it gives it a bigger feel to some of these games day in and day out. Like the you don't get the yeah. the cup. You're not when you get an 18 team conference, you're not getting as many of the bye games anymore. Those are going to be weeded out down the road once we get to probably years 2025 20, through 20 or pretty much 2025 20, or 2026 20, and beyond. You're going to see these school or these conferences go to more 10 and 12 or 11 game conference schedules or at least like power conference power conference games because they're going to they're going to realize what this is it's the power conferences that are vying for playoffs and everybody else is sort of going to get left behind in this whole mess of things and I'm fine with that I like it I think would be good because it'll pump up the bigger matchups you're going to get those bigger matchups out of the gate like in the NFL there's a couple of matchups on week one that you really anticipate. In college football, you get like one or two that you're really into, that at least the the yeah. casuals are really into. But outside of that, it's it's a lot of garbage week one and week zero that you're having to watch. 
but then, like, to your point, I get that on paper everybody's like, we'll get better games because they'll do more conference games. That's probably true down the road. But there's still a lot of shit teams in some of these conferences. Like, under my idea where we just go, let the TV networks decide and we'll make four 12-team or four 15-team divisions, whatever you got to do to make it nice and easy. Hey, Rutgers, here's a box. Get your shit. Get the fuck out. You're not a part of the top teams. Like, Northwestern, sorry, get out. Like, we get that it's... We get that it's tradition, but we're not about that anymore. Goodbye. Like, say that to, I don't know, we're talking about the Big 12 today. West Virginia, nice run. The Geno Smith Oh, we're, we're kicking out West Virginia. Get the fuck out. Like, if you, but seriously, it, we're at the point where we think it's going to be better games, and then it's like the Big 10 schedule comes out, and we've got UCLA Rutgers. Woo. Like, I, I'm sick of watching some of these Big 10 West matchups. I don't need it. Get some of these teams out go with divisions that are semi-geographic and then get me bigger games like if we're gonna do this in the name of television get me crossover games where early in the season i get to see alabama go to columbus or vice versa and you have ohio state and alabama or get me situations where the conferences are kind of on an even keel instead of i don't know BYU randomly in the Big 12 like and that's not a shot at BYU they've had a nice run lately Iowa State a disaster of a program Big 12 is not the best example like I just have them in front of me because we're going to talk about them today at the bottom is a little higher than a lot of these conferences but the bottom of the Big 10 is a great example who wants to like get Northwestern out get Rutgers out if Nebraska can't get their shit together get out like get me good matchups and actually have them instead of an 18 team conference that's loaded with dog shit like i don't want to see some and of I those think part of it too is like the college football playoff is technically separated from the ncaa and that's why i think it's viable it's something that's viable to happen where you are gonna have a cut line on 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 things here so it'll it'll be something worth monitoring just to sort of recap everything that's been going on it's been pretty much over the last week the disintegration of the pac-12 so in 2024, UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington are all heading to the Big Ten. Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah are heading to the Big 12. Some of them returning to the Big 12. And as of right now, it's Cal, Oregon State, Stanford, and Washington State still a member of the Pac-12 for the time being. I think it's going to make a sort of juicy Big or a Pac-12 this year because it is kind of you're watching some of the people that are departing you, that are stabbing you in the back, that are the reason why – your university may not be making as much money in the near future because of the the departures of some of these teams. So it's going to be a fascinating end uh, of the Pac-12. You brought up to Notre Dame being the ones that are sort of pushing their chips into the center of the table here, vouching for Cal and Stanford to enter the ACC. Listen, if I'm if I'm Jim Phillips, the commissioner of the ACC, I'm saying, listen, Notre Dame. You can have all the say you want in this argument and in this decision and in this broader scope of what we're trying to build as a conference here, but your football ass better be in our conference. Your football team better become a full-fledged member of the ACC because of what it means yeah. for our conference. They, need, they should be taking full ownership of Notre Dame if you're going to let them have this level of influence. And maybe it's a sign of things to come. Well, 
The other thing, too, like with Notre Dame specifically, something I've never really thought of, for them to try to be power brokers in a sport where they've so desperately hung on to their independence, if I'm another Power 5 school, I'm not playing you. Like if I'm Clemson, if I'm Michigan, if I'm USC, if I'm one of these schools, I'm you know what? We're not going to play you until you decide to join a conference because I'm sick of this. I'd like they, the idea that they get to go uh, eleven and zero and, and walk into a their playoff, schedule. which has happened. Right, you get the handpicked schedule. You go undefeated. You walk into a playoff because you don't play a championship game. Everybody else is fighting for their life, and you get to sit on the couch and watch them all like cannibalize each other. Well, you have no stakes. If I'm one of these schools that plays them all the time, like Pitt. I'm not playing you. We're not putting you on the schedule. And then make Notre Dame make the decision. Because they want to act like power brokers, but they don't want to participate in the broader politics of the sport. I'm not cool with that. Yeah. it's It's been something that's always – I get, like, in the old structure of college football, sure, fine. You got your NBC money. It's all nice and dandy. But you're, you're – and there – I think Notre Dame realizes that the new iteration of college football – isn't going to put up with their nonsense anymore. The new iteration of college football is going to ask you to make an allegiance. That's what the entire last, what, two years of college football has been in terms of the restructuring and realignment is you got to pick allegiances here some way or another. And Notre Dame has been the one that's sort of been holding out the longest throughout this whole shuffle. They're going to have to pick an allegiance sooner rather than later because this new structure of college football playoff, I don't think is going to be very kind to them in terms of, the the way that when we do ultimately move to a twelve team, when it is the top six or the top uh, the top six power conference champions, um, and all well, I, again the the college football playoff structure too is something that's going to have to be renegotiated and refigured out because of the way that the the conferences are disintegrating right now. But right, there's no Pac twelve champions. It's not going. I don't think it's going to be something that looks very kindly upon Notre Dame, especially if you start to see teams hold out on playing them. But this is where I just again make it easy. Pick the forty eight teams. Like tell Notre Dame, you're in those forty eight teams. You're in the halves. We're throwing you in the Midwest division. You're going to play in the division with Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, Notre Dame. Like that's that would be amazing. That's what I would like. Like, Iowa can be in there. You'll throw some of the others in. Great. Then you have basically just the existing SEC. You can have a Coastal for the ACC. And then a West where you have the rest of the Big 12 that you haven't already put in. And the rest of these Pac-12 teams. And then everybody's happy. And then we're all good. And you just play the NFL on Saturdays and forget about it. But you have to detach it from... Because, Tyler, I think we're going to start seeing some of these repercussions on the NCAA tournament in March Madness. I think we're going to see the repercussions on student-athletes and other sports that don't make NIL money or any of the things that... College football is going the way of professional sports. Let's just treat it as such. I'm at that point. If if I can't hang on to any of the tradition and what this sport used to be, then let's just You know what this kind of... Like, your your 48-team thing is sort of reminding me of? It's sort of reminding me of, of what... I think we're going to see in uh, maybe three to five years, but everything from a streaming standpoint has gotten so broken down. You've got people that have HBO. They have like a, now with like you have a marquee sports package. You have your, your uh, Netflix, your Hulu, all that. And then people are just going to go one day. You know what? 
why don't we just revive cable? Like that to me is sort of what you're getting at there. It's like, let's just revive cable, but kind of shrink it down a little bit. We don't need the, the music video channels anymore. Scrap that and just get down to the stuff that people actually gave a shit about and the pit people actually watch. And we'll just consolidate it and just make yeah. a smaller version of cable. Like that to me is what this sort of feels like. Yeah, I, I mean, a little bit. And it's that's what happened to the NFL, right? You had all these different branches. You, you had the merger. And it was a sport that, frankly, like the NBA was bigger than it briefly. The, Major League Baseball was bigger than the NFL. And then finally somebody wised up and was like, just give it to TV. Let them do it, do the dirty work for us. And the NFL has become king. I feel like college football has an opportunity right now because they're saying basically f the rest of these schools like we don't care about the fcs we don't care about division two certainly we don't care about any of this stuff and frankly we don't care about the bottom half of the fbs schools either screw it like just admit what you are and let them do it and you have an opportunity now like give up the tradition and what you used to be something i loved but i know i've lost the war you can turn yourselves into the NFL on Saturdays, and it'll probably be a bigger sport for it. I don't know if it'll be a better sport, but it'll be a bigger uh, sport. I agree with you. All right, let's move on to the Big 12 and sort of our conference preview here. Uh, you and I were kind of talking about this a little bit before we, we hit record here, but for me, the, of all the power conferences, this is the least intriguing to me. You got uh, uh, Texas and Oklahoma programs, each with one foot out the door right now, uh, but with a little mm -hmm. bit of intrigue uh, among their, their own teams. But just looking at the, the college football futures right now in, among teams to win it all, the Big 12 is the last team that gets represented among the power conferences. You've got SEC ahead of them. You've got Big 10 ahead of them. You've got Pac-12. You've got ACC. And in a lot of instances, you've got multiples of all of those conferences before you get to the Big 12 and find Texas at 25-1. to 1. They are way down the ladder, though, in that regard. And to me, it's just when you've got a, a conference that really doesn't have much in terms of intrigue and maybe even college football playoff aspirations you lose me the thing about the big 12 like if you are a big 12 fan you probably will have a lot of fun following it because it feels the most even keeled of all the conferences last year i remember preseason i gave out tcu to win the conference but oh. it died on died Tyler died because of Kansas State thank you very much but uh, the savvy pick on TCU and uh, but I told you like if you go through this conference last year and you shuffled all the names in a hat and you pulled one out any of the schools I would have believed like yeah they could win it like any of them this year is a little different because I think there's two schools and maybe three that have really separated themselves, but it's still like this of all the power conferences, they have the highest floor. I think they also have the lowest ceiling. And, and that's the way it was. Like even look at last year's big 12, right? Like there were no expectations for TCU. Kansas had a fun season last year. Kansas never has any sort of expectations. Yeah. I mean, you had a team that that was represented in the, the national championship in the college football championship last season. And you can say, Oh, well they, they got their doors blown off. They won a, a college football playoff game last year. Like talk all the, all the shit yeah. you want about the big 12 and, and what it was last year and how maybe TCU didn't deserve to be there. 
They won a game. They got to the championship. They deserve yep. plenty of credit for getting there. I'm beating the skeleton of a dead horse at this point. Anybody who says that TCU shouldn't have been there, put a fucking sock in it. I'm so sick and tired of hearing it. If you actually watched Alabama last year, they were much closer to like 8-4 and four than they were to 12-0. and 0. They were never legitimate on that level. They were never really a playoff team. TCU deserved to be there, and they won a game. Like, this idea that they didn't deserve the spot is ridiculous. But it's it doesn't change the point that you look at this conference and it just feels like there's a couple teams I think could make the playoff. I don't buy that either of them could win a national yeah, championship. I'm with you on that. So uh, just kind of going through some of the, the big hitters here, as we look at the odds um, for the winner of the conference, you've got Texas right now at even money on FanDuel, Oklahoma plus 420, Kansas State 5-1, to one, Texas Tech 11-1, to one, Baylor 19-1, to one, TCU 21 to 1, and then it goes on and goes on and goes on. By the way, new additions to the conference this year UCF joining the fold, Cincinnati, BYU, Houston. By the way, three of those four teams joining the conference, pulling up in the basement in terms of odds to win the conference there. Yeah. Um, while, while, yeah. does it, wouldn't it be something though if one of those teams that just kind of drops in and wins it? Or like at least gets to uh, makes a little deep, deep push to try to get into the conference championship. Like I feel like that's just the way this conference could work this year because there is a bunch of garbage in it. I think Houston and Cincinnati have the biggest uphill battles. Like Cincy, obviously. New head coach. It's not the same program that made the college football playoff. Houston, it's just such a level up in competition level. And, like, they've had nice runs. New quarterback. There's a lot of things with Houston that, like, you lose Clayton Toon. You're breaking in a new offense, kind of. I don't know that they are going to be able to play at a high level. BYU and UCF. I, I would be stunned if it happened. But they could theoretically like parachute in here and surprise people and end up being contenders. I'd be shocked if they're better than Texas or Oklahoma. But both of them could. In like there's a world where that could happen. Kansas I think is in for probably a rather brutal season this year after what was really fun last year. Like they arrows pointing up, but the second half of the season felt more real to me than the first half when they started five and zero and everything was amazing. Like you go one and seven down the stretch. Now there were injuries. More likely there, but to yes. buy that you were sure. I'm, but still, like the five and zero, there was a lot of luck that played into it. Uh, see Iowa State, who <laughs> dare I say may have been wagering on the game, walking a freshman fucking kicker out three times and going 0 for 3 on all three kicks. Gift win Kansas. Enjoy. Like, they they never should have won that game. There was luck that played into the 5-0. and Now you know what you know about Iowa State. Do with that what you will. Um, I just, the bottom of this conference doesn't intrigue me a lot. Like, TCU even, I look at, and they obviously made the playoff and won a game. Then you lose Max Duggan, and there was a lot of luck that went into last year's run for them as well. I think TCU is in for a brutal Speaking season. of Iowa State, this is actually one of the, the funniest sports stories I've seen. Um, so there, there are seven additional Iowa State and Iowa players that have been charged with tampering records in sports wagering investigations, um, one of which is Iowa State defensive tackle Isaiah Lee, 
who has been accused of betting against his own team against Texas in 2021. The Cyclones were six and a half point favorites and ended up dog walking the Longhorns 30 to seven. And Lee had one tackle in the game there. Like, imagine, and, and you and I were, were bantering a little bit before, like, Phil Mickelson, uh, everything's coming out about Phil right now. At least Phil yeah. bet on the U.S., or at least was conspiring to bet on the U.S. in the Ryder Cup, right? It would have lost. Which they lost. But betting against your team and still losing? What like? What kind of sick joke are you? You are one of the biggest laughing stocks in all of sports. You have There is nobody in the calendar year of 2021 in sports who has more egg on their face than this Isaiah Lee guy here. I'll actually say something, and this may be a controversial opinion. I hate Matt Campbell, but with the stories that we have coming out where you just brought up defensive tackle bets against his own team and they boat race Texas anyway and he loses the bet, or how about quarterback... Uh, what's his name? Deckers. This 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 jackhole betting on his own team in multiple games and then interfering with a federal investigation about the gambling on the football team. Hey, here's an idea, and this might be controversial, but I hate Matt Campbell, so I'll go ahead and say it. Don't let them play football this year. Close <laughs> it down. Like what? What they have done? I'm not going to say it's worse than Northwestern because it's not, and it's a different beast. But they they should not be allowed to play football. Like Northwestern, I can see how you allow them to play football. Iowa State gambling yeah. on the you're their own with games. The integrity, you, shut it. You're shut it down with the for a year. Integrity of the game at that point. And, and yes, I, if they were to shut it down, and, and like this is a rampant problem within the program. Clearly, you've got a bunch of guys gambling on games, gambling on your own games as well, including players that are betting against your own team. Like, if that doesn't scream, take a seat for a year or two maybe, and and the head coach should definitely be suspended as a result of this too because you're the one overseeing this. Like, there's a lot of people within compliance at the Cyclone program right now that need to answer some stuff. Like, if we are firing Pat Fitzgerald for having knowledge of hazing going on in the program, and again, not comparing the severity of the offense, how is Matt Campbell skating on this? How is, like, Matt Campbell wasn't supposed to be aware of what's going on inside his own program when he's got multiple kids, including the starting quarterback, point shaving? Like, how are we letting anybody at Iowa State skate on this? It's it's a joke. It it's it blows joke. my mind. Also, um, all right. So I already looking mentioned at the that rest Matt of the... Campbell rolling his. I was just gonna say I already mentioned just Matt Campbell rolling his freshman kicker out three times. I hate him so much. I, if they aren't allowed to play football this year, it would be a personal. That's your gift next head coach of the New England Patriots, Matt Campbell. By the way. <laughs> oh dear God! God. Um, all right. So looking at the camp- conference as a whole. Uh, I feel like it's going to come down, no no drama here, but Texas and Oklahoma when it's all said and done. Do you think Oklahoma right now as the, the sort of dog in that fight there, do you give Oklahoma a chance to win the conference or do you think this is Texas's to lose? I'm curious what side of this you're on, actually. I have a very strong opinion on which of these two teams I'm buying into, and I wonder if we lean the same way because I'll tell you right now, like – I'll tell you why in a minute. I'm Ooh. Boomer Sooner. I'm all in Oklahoma. I don't buy what Texas is selling. Sark, I don't love Sark as a game coach. 
Oklahoma, like, last year, people are overreact a little bit to what happened. You lost your quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, very early on. Lincoln Riley basically drove his entire team from Norman to Los Angeles when he went to USC. He left the cupboard as bare as you possibly could. They had nothing. And now you've hit the portal. You go and get, uh, what's his name, Bear Bryant from, uh, what's the kid's name, the Georgia tackle. Bear Alexander. You go grab Bear Alexander from from Georgia. You've improved the defense. You hit the portal hard. Use the NIL. Brent Venables, one of the best defensive minds in all of football. I don't care what level. Like, to me, this Oklahoma team is the best team in the country. I look at Oklahoma, and, and in particular with Brent Venables, like from his time at Clemson, was a guy who he was retained because he was making a head coach salary as a defensive coordinator for all these years. And then when he finally did split to take a big job like Oklahoma, year one in trying to build a defense almost never goes well. You could maybe build an offense in year one, but year one building a defense in college football rarely goes well. Year two as a defensive-minded head coach in a conference that has punted on its defensive morals, like – I think that building that defense under Venables in year two, when you have access to the portal and even just in recruiting as well, when Brett Venables gets his guys in this program, defensively, I think they'll be on another tier from every other team within the conference. And that's why I think they'll have a chance to, if they were to get to a Big 12 championship with Texas, I think they'll have a chance to go out and win. I still like the the continuity at quarterback with Quinn Ewers, on Texas, but I think you go to next year with, with Oklahoma and you, you really start to see Venables build this program up further and further. I don't I think the value is certainly on Oklahoma at plus four twenty, but if I were like if all things were even, give me the pick, I'd take Texas. I misspoke. I was conflating USC transfers. Bear Alexander at USC now. I was conflating the two. I was thinking of Jacob Lacey came from Notre Dame, joined the defensive front at Oklahoma. It's just they they got a lot better this year. The reload. Texas, it's so many questions at quarterback. Like Quinn Ewers wasn't great last year, Tyler. This kid he was, was a supposed true freshman, to be the most though, sure thing since Peyton Manning. Right, but when your build is the most sure thing since Peyton Manning, basically. Like, I would like to see a little bit better than what we saw. He's probably going to be better this year. There were moments and flashes last year. You think about the Oklahoma game in particular where he looked pretty good. But I just feel like I have more faith in Brent Venables as a coach than I do in what Sark's done at Texas. I still can't get Sam Ellinger at the Big 12 title game. Texas is back. I can't get it out of my head. I can't get it out of my head. I don't buy the Texas is back. I can't do it. And part of me is just maybe it's a bias, but I'm all in on Oklahoma. We also, speaking of Texas, let's say things go south with Quinn Ewers. Arch Manning could get some snaps this year too. So that's that's one of the things that's really exciting to me is the idea that you like blow the red shirt <laughs> on Arch Manning and because Quinn Ewers blows. That would be I'm a lot so of fun excited. to watch. All right, any last Big 12 thoughts before we get on out of here? Yeah, you mentioned, and I kind of touched on it, you mentioned TCU, what was it, like 21 to 1, 21 yep. to mm-hmm. 1 or something odds? 
if you're going to bet that, you're lighting your money on fire. Like, this is a team last year had one of the best turnover differentials in the country, won almost exclusively close games, so many late comebacks, great story. Max Duggan, a kid who stuck it out, could have transferred, didn't, stayed at TCU his entire career. It all worked out for them, and they had this Cinderella run. This year, I don't know if they're going to get to six or seven wins. Like, it's going to be brutal. And the turnover on that roster, I just don't buy that they're going to have a good season. I'd go way under on any number you can find at their win total. And they were my darling last year. I had a future on them to make the playoff. I had them winning the Big 12. I was all in on the the Horned Frogs last year, and I I could not be more. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here on the pe- uh, the uh, the Big 12 preview. Next week, we will preview the impending doom of the uh, skeleton of the Pac-12 and what they're playing. What are they even playing for this year? But plenty of USC talk next week when we p- break down what's happening in the Pac-12. And then after that, we will get to our comprehensive college football playoff preview, who we think will be the final Four so team season right around the corner. So we've got two more of these preview shows coming for you. And then we get into the real thing. Week zero, not too far away. So we will do all of that. And then, of course, we will be with you on the airwaves of ESPN 1000, talking college football with you every single Saturday morning. So Pac-12 is on deck next week. We'll talk to you then.